When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied, the power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger, I'm just a puppet here. If you want to place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, Welcome to another episode of Machiavellian Fucks, our Succession Roy cast, where we like to be liked. I'm Jason Madison, alongside Nando Vila, Captain My Captain, who is so hard to riff with. <laughs> We're just riffing here. Did you guys catch that there was two different characters use that? You know, uh, yeah. Uh, Tom used that. He's like, hey, you're so hard to riff with. Um, yeah. But then uh, Kendall says it a little later in the episode where he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just riffing with uh, with Adrian Brody about like where to take uh, Waystar Royko. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, two re- two references to to riff. Yep. Yeah. No, that was that was my favorite scene though. Um, Tom and, and Greg. Nero and Sporus. <laughs> yeah. Nando, are you more of a Nero? Are you more of a Sporus? That what the fuck was that scene? <laughs> like, what was going on there? I mean, it's it, it just takes so much balls to write. I mean, it's it must be so fun to write, write Tom just having this absolute meltdown and no one notices. You know, like yeah. literally no one's noticing it. Um, and yep. he's just like coming apart at the seams uh, at every fucking level. Um, but yeah, he's like, and then he castrated him and made him his like wife. He's like, I would love to castrate <laughs> you. Like, what you, what you yeah. <laughs> what and it's like, talking about? and it's like, Greg gets it though. You know, Greg yeah. sees the shift in power and he sees, you know, how his position and Tom, Tom's position is switching right before his eyes. And yeah, Greg is kind of like pushing back on Tom now, you know, physically and metaphorically. He's like, yeah, I don't get what you're talking about. And like, get the fuck out of my office. I'm about to take this to the next level. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. But I do feel bad for Tom. I don't know why, but. He's too online. Dude, you need to unplug. Like, he's getting way ahead of it. He's building this prison sentence up in his head that yeah. might not, probably won't even happen. That's what everybody's telling yeah. him. Like, don't right. trip on this. Like, just let it go. But. Yeah, he's he's researching bunks. He he's thinking about toilet wine. He's buying books for prison. Then he's reading them in advance because he can't even wait. But I love the dynamic, and it's funnier, even funnier coming from Tom. I love the dynamic between Greg and his granddad, where his granddad's always referencing shit that he doesn't understand, like Tacitus. And Tacitus is actually contemporary <laughs> to Nero and Sporus. So now we've got another character coming out of the woodwork on on Greg here. And he's not familiar with the IP, guys. He's he's not all yeah. caught up on that stuff. Oh my god, that was that line made me laugh so much. <laughs> like I'm yeah. not familiar with this IP, and the, <laughs> uh, like Tom. What's the name of the actor who plays Tom Wamsgans? Matthew McFadden. Yeah, yeah. Matthew McFadden. 
Uh, the only other thing I've ever seen him in was in the pilot episode of, of The Last Kingdom. But that dude is incredible. I mean, the reason why, Jason, you feel bad for Tom is just straight up because of that dude's performance. Because Tom has not done a good thing um, ever, you know, in the show. But he he so imbues his character with the kind of... Um, like he he's he's in a prison right of his own making like he the thing is like he might go to prison but in you know metaphorically he's already in prison uh yeah. a prison that he built for himself and he looks at greg and he sees probably himself uh before he made a bunch of life choices you know a bunch of life choices that said that he will do whatever it takes he will eat whatever shit it takes to ascend some vague corporate ladder which he doesn't even really want to get to the top of you know he doesn't want to be CEO for a star Royco. He's already the president of the, one of the most powerful networks in the country. Um, and he can't seem to uh, just say like, okay, this is my place right here. I'm fine with this. But he also can't seem to uh, establish himself as a potential threat for CEO. And he's just kind of stuck. I mean, I think he could, but like you said, he doesn't actually want to do that. And that's the thing about Tom is that, He's not built to climb to the top. He's built to live exactly where he's at and to take shit from Shiv and Logan. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of what he's built for. And like Greg realizes this now, you know, like through his dealings with Tom and Tom, just like you said, he lives in that prison and basically like he's a dog in the cage and they give him a bone whenever they feel like it. But I mean, just the Ravenhead situation itself kind of explains tom's whole you know issue with life it's like you're supposed to be the president but your underlings won't even listen to you you know but all it takes is one correct sentence from shiv who basically cuts through all the bullshit when she's talking to him like how many times are we going to say fuck to each other before you do what the fuck i say basically Wait, but that wasn't the correct <laughs> sentence the correct right. sentence was like this is what my dad wants daddy said right <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I was do this. right i right. say jump you say how high Right. And she's like, look, we write your check at the end of the day. Don't bullshit me, you know. Um, but I, the only reason I, I keyed in on that sentence is because he was about to go into his kicking and screaming match. Hey, you're just a figurehead for Logan. Unless basically unless he tells me I'm not listening to you motherfuckers. But, mm -hmm. you know, she she definitely was like, no, you're not going to talk to my dad. This is what he said. And you're going to listen to it from me, you know, and. He seemingly did, right? Obviously, later in the episode, Logan gets his moment of joy after his uh, slight heart attack or what, whatever he had happened to him on that trail where he's showing his assistant, like, you want to hear the president pissed off? Like, look what I did, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, Tom, he's he's where he's going to be. I don't... I don't really see him going to prison because it seems like something he's manifested in his mind so much that it's almost impossible for it to actually happen now. But we'll see well, how he, they play he, it out. No, I mean, I think I think what they're building up for, I think pretty clearly is that he's going to turn, you know, yeah. that um, that he's just going to get tired of eating shit and that Shiv just being not 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 mean to him, just completely like ignoring him, you know, and she just like does not give a shit that he has to go to prison there's that, that moment like, that i thought was so important when she when he's talking about how there's no wine in prison which he just realized yeah. today right. but she 
leans over to console him for a half second and then immediately pulls it back because some random person's walking outside and she doesn't want to be seen. She wants to be seen as professional. And that's why husband and wives shouldn't work together. But also just you feel really bad for Tom. It's like, can you just hold his hand maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to say to you, you know? And she, she, what, like, even like whatever episode two, whatever the, it was when, or three last episode, I don't remember when Tom was like, well, maybe I can do it. She's like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. You should do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was like, he was probably expecting her, like, no, honey, we'll fight, you know, like, we're in this together, blah, 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 you know, like, stand by him. So he's like, no, 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 actually, it's a good idea. Yeah, go to jail. That way I can just, like, you know, bang uh, the Bernie bro whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Her whole thing is like, look, I'm trying to knock off Kendall, get my dad to finally respect me. And Tom, you are just a rook on my chessboard. <laughs> and when I need to dispose of you for, you know, anything, like, I'm ready for you to go, buddy. And it, like you said, they're building it up to it seeming like him turning because it seems like such a blind side to everybody, right? Like, yeah. it's in, nobody, Logan or Shiv, I mean, obviously, Kendall has already, you know, had a conversation with him uh, yeah. about it. But other than that, like, nobody sees it coming. And it's kind of the obvious play for Tom. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I see the the season taking a lot of different turns before we get to Tom, um, you know, with in cuffs. Totally. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with Greg, you know. Yeah. That oh, yeah, just, yeah. You know, people kind of... You know, I mean, I'm not entirely sure he signed that piece of paper. Like, I, they don't show yeah, that. Me, yeah, yeah, me neither. And I think that, like, Greg is dealing with the situation the opposite way that Tom is. And I think it's all, well, a large part of it is self-perception, right? Greg views himself as in the family and he's going to be able to make moves. And Tom still views himself as an outsider and someone who can be cast away easily. Now, I believe they don't have any extremely strong allegiance to Greg other than what he's, you know, made for himself the past couple of years. You know, obviously the show was telling us before it started, Greg was not in these people's orbit at all. They couldn't care if whether he lived or died. And so now that he's making his familial position, uh, whole weight and value, you know, in the company and now in their, uh, you know, Machiavellian, moves i think that's all in greg's doing and tom could be positioning himself in the same way but he feels in his heart that he's an outsider and he won't ever be one of them um well speaking of one of them let's get to the the meat and potatoes of the of the episode we got a new character or the Josh. clams of the episode, because that's the entree <laughs> <this Right. week. laughs> yeah the, the clams and the and the lobster shells of this episode uh how many layers did Adrian Brody have on? Five. <laughs> was it five? Yeah. It was four yeah, jackets. <laughs> and maybe maybe he has a couple t-shirts under there. Yeah, I was going to say, he might in. have a t-shirt, a thermal, a, a, a jacket, a vest, a hoodie. He was... In he what's was apparently definitely... hot sun that can <laughs> yeah. cause heat exhaustion. He is so slender that he needs to stay bundled up. That was another thing. I was looking at Logan. He Logan had on ten layers. Yeah. Well, and then (laughs) and then uh, Adrian Brody's like uh, daughter, who is supposedly sick. Was she naked when she jumped into the pool? No. She had on like a. It was like a nude uh, 
Colored bathing suit. Be. Okay. Yeah, it had to be. Whatever. Uh, the point is that she's just <laughs> taking a dip in the pool. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, in in lovely crisp forty degree weather. 50, what I mean, how many how how cold does it have to be to to wear all those layers and not be just sweating your balls off <laughs> yeah i don't know it, yeah. but the pool had to be heated right we got we know that of course yeah 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 adrian brody shady character shady yeah. bro He's i, up I loved him i loved his whole little introduction the the literary you know um verses he was dropping and and his disdain for kendall and his plan well, like that yeah. was that was my second favorite part of the episode when he basically broke Kendall's shitty plan down to him. He was like, "So if you're right and your dad's a piece of shit, then I need to get out. If you're not and everything is cool, then you're an idiot." Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's obviously an open question as to whether Adrian Brody was ever was whether he was even persuadable. But like, assuming he was right, like assuming he it wasn't was persuadable just kind of, if they had come in and sold him, which Kendall right. was very uncommitted to doing and right. couldn't seem to care less. Right, and and when Kendall thought he did that power move by um, leaving the tarmac early because you know he was so focused on his dad. He was probably he probably gave away the game right there. Like it was probably over before it even began. By that, you know the fact that I mean, if they were like fine, why wouldn't they travel together to wherever the fuck this island was? Because I, I, the geography also is a little weird. Um, He's somewhere in Boston. Yeah, it looks like Martha's okay. Vineyard type it of. Is, it is Montauk. That's where they shot the episode. That's where the house, the fifty million dollar house, is. But it's supposed to be somewhere near Martha's Vineyard, some private island. Okay, so then it makes sense to take a plane and not right. and not just a helicopter from exactly. New York City. Okay, so but the fact that they would take two separate planes and not come together uh, just already tells you enough that you, as much as you need to know that 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 they're not together, that they're not aligned. So um, what he's saying is, like, I don't like to bet on blood feuds. You know, and and as much as they can say, you know, like, yeah, we love each other. This is great. You know, we're going to be fine. Um, the fact that they're just already coming in separate probably already told them everything he needed to know. Plus, he says he's got guests coming later and we find out that that's Stewie and <laughs> the whole bullshit with the daughter, the whole bullshit with the carts. He was I feel like he was playing them, honestly. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know at what moment that they could have arrived and presented a cogent argument that he would have agreed to and canceled his lunch with Stewie. It seemed like he just wanted to see it for himself and, you know, play his little billionaire game the same way that Logan plays his. And he had Logan in a spot where he had to agree to come see him. And so that was his fun for the afternoon. That's what it seems like to me, you know, and Kendall, that's also it starts to show all of his flaws and show how many steps back from the game that he really is you know like yes you know him and his dad get into a little shouting match at the end or whatever but he's lost so many points up until that point you know like obviously when his dad talks about him being paranoid because he starts accusing josh of being on his dad's side and his dad is like, yo, bro, like, chill, like, for real. <laughs> like, the thing is, uh, at the same time, I think Logan realized that Kendall is probably the only one, as much as he hates him. You know, yeah. because the, the crucial moment to me, and it kind of seemed like a throwaway scene at, at first, but it's not the first time that this happens to Logan, is that he gets a phone call from one of his children, or he calls one of his children, and 
and he's disappointed by them. And the crucial scene to me in, in the terms of the dynamics between uh, the brothers is when he calls Shiv to cheer out for meddling with Carl's uh, negotiation with Sandy and Stewie, you know? And she's like, well, what do you mean? You told me to. And he's like, no, no, I told, I told you what I wanted, the, where I wanted this to go. The path there, I didn't tell you what to do. And you fucked it up. And, you know, it just once again shows it like Shiv for all her um, outward self-confidence. Obviously, we know that she's not because every time, you know, she, she panics every time that she needs to uh, sort of take the reins. Um, she's actually just a total incompetent. She's never worked in this. Like at the end of the day, the only kid who put in the work was Kendall. Like Kendall's been working at Waystar Royco, knows how it works. All the other ones are fucking just enjoyed their money in, in their own way and didn't actually work. Like Kendall did for whatever reason, and he did not just sit back and just live a life of, of luxury and pleasure and social standing. Um, he actually busted his ass, busted his ass in Waystar Royco. And I think in that moment, uh, Brian Cox, uh, or Logan Roy realized that. And that's why when he was telling, uh, Adrian Brody's character, he's like, he's my son and I love him. And who knows, he might be the, he's probably the best one of them all. He probably was in his own weird way, sincere, you know, which doesn't mean that that is going to supersede the feud that he has with him, you know, and, and, and the, the sense of betrayal that he has with him. But he sort of realized in that moment that, you know, as the words were coming out of his mouth, like, holy shit, I think the only one here is Kendall and I'm feuding with him, you know, because I'm stuck with all the fucking shitheads on my side. Right. And probably the realization that he put Kendall in this spot, right? Like, he's the one who gave up Kendall and made him make that decision. He's the one who put Kendall in a position to have to be given up by running his company the way that he did and letting all this shit go. And so, you know, like he is the one who doesn't really want to take responsibility for any of the shit that he's done. Right. Like we've seen that over and over. And even though Kendall is in a way trying to clean up Logan's mess in reality, like he's battling with him, trying to help him out. And that is played out so beautifully at the end when he has his little mini heart attack and his son is like, okay, dad, are you good? And he's like, fuck you. And he's like, all right, my, like, you know what I'm saying? All right, my nigga, I asked you if you was cool. Now you want to play that role. Like you too good to like take a seat. Like we know that you're old, you know, like just chill. And it's like, he doesn't have any chill. He's going to be a bull, a bear until his very last breath. And he doesn't give a fuck. And so, that's the that's what Kendall and the rest of them are going to have to deal with, right? And then Roman comes and just, like, plays his role and just piles on top of him, like, oh, do you have a thing for nearly killing Dad? <laughs> like, like, come on, man. Like, I was out here trying to fucking help him. You're sitting there talking shit to Jerry. Like, you're not doing that. The world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again. But after the year we've all had, getting back to feeling normal takes time. I don't know about you guys. I've been feeling overwhelmed, flustered, just avalanche, stuck under this avalanche of things I have to do and people I have to see and people I've got to talk to, Zoom meetings and emails. Hell, even this ad that I'm recording right now, I forgot that I had to do it. I'm doing it from a computer that's not even mine. It's really tough to do all of this when you feel like you're trying to handle it all by yourself. Do you feel like that? If you're feeling overwhelmed by it all, guess what? You're not alone. 
It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. We all talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, but they don't always give us the advice we need. I mean, think about it. They can't really give us unbiased feedback because they're involved in many of our interactions and how we are. What you really need is advice from a licensed professional. It can be refreshing and rewarding. When you're a low point, when you're in a low point, you might feel alone. But over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health. We all need help sometimes, and asking for support when you need it is actually a sign of strength. Here's the idea. Use Talkspace. It's great. It's easy to use. It matches you with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. The app makes it easy to connect with the therapist that is licensed and on your schedule without having to wait weeks before your next appointment. You can go anywhere and take your therapist with you. Whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. Set goals with your therapist, and they can help make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop the tools to cope in difficult times. It works around your schedule at your convenience. Send and receive unlimited message with send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the app. Schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. Whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. We've got thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with, and they're experts in dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more to help you start feeling better. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code BOMB. That's $100 off when you use the code BOM at Talkspace.com. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com/dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. 
ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The other thing that I loved about this episode, and it's something that Succession does so well, is that Logan Roy, who comes from like a different, like I've always mentioned, like a different class upbringing from his kids and from everyone around him, really, like literally everyone around him um, at, the, at the upper echelons of U.S. corporate power, um, is the only one who talks straight. Whereas everyone else talks in this kind of circuitous manner in which they can't just say the thing. They have to kind of dance around the thing endlessly until someone maybe gets the hint or not. And it's like the second or third time it happens in the season where like a character will be confronted with Logan Roy um, and they'll try to like insinuate that they want a deal of something. And Logan, and Logan like just drops all the pieces. Like, okay, like, yeah, just tell me what you want. Like the scene with cousin Greg, he's like, just tell me what you want. He's like, you have a little leverage right now. I recognize that. Just tell me what you want. Um, and and Greg is like so taken aback because he's not prepared to just be like, I want this. He you wants know, to because... see the menu. You exactly. Know? He's not ready but... to to order his own his own. And uh, with Adrian with Adrian Brody when he was like, you know, like, oh, we'll take a walk and the thing and the, you know, oyster didn't uh, lunch on the cliff uh, the thing and he's just like well what do you you know he's just like talking around the thing and logan a couple times is like listen man like just tell me what you want i'll see if i can give it to you and then we can all fuck off and do whatever the fuck we want like why are we wasting all this time right um, after he sees that the daughter isn't really sick he's yeah. like well yeah. this is a fucking song and dance i'm over totally. it so How let's drop the pretense. Yeah, let's drop the pretense. Like I was actually with my cousin this 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 uh, week in Mexico, and he he just just got hired at an American consulting firm doing like big engineering projects or whatever. And he came from Spain, um, and he was like, "Dude, I'm just like so endlessly frustrated by like American corporate culture in which like they can never say the thing directly, and it's you know." I don't want to sound like a like a fucking you know like right wing or anything like that, but th- there is some truth to like the quote unquote, like political correctness or like, you know, um, the sensitivity around, you know, gender issues, race issues that makes people very careful about what they say in a corporate setting and that direct language or direct talk can be seen as too, too aggressive and, you know, might, might get you hard as something you know something else um whereas logan doesn't give a shot he just is an open racist he doesn't give a fuck um and but he'd also say the thing that he wants to say whereas the contemporary american corporate culture you cannot just be direct you have to dance around it you have to caveat everything with pleasantries and you have to caveat everything with, well this is just like what i think my opinion blah 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 you know you can't just be like this is what i want like what do you got can you can you give it to me or not yeah but so, do you yeah. think that you think that josh was dancing around the issue i feel like he was playing his own separate game by 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 testing 
seeing he wanted to see what the real intricacies of their relationship was and there was no other way for him to do it i think than the way he did it and i think he was also interested in logan's stamina as a human being like is this old guy really about to croak do i need to park my money here with him and his literal dying ways or should i jump over to to stewie and sandy which you know totally but his, his method of doing it is to just is fits with you know that his generation of oh yeah of, of course people like you know if say say the positions were reversed like logan would have a completely different tactic to get yeah. the same outcome you know right um right. and i do think it is an open question i mean i, I one of the kind of funny way, things about the episode and and adrian brody played it beautifully where it's like i mean maybe it, maybe he did get lost you know, yeah. uh, and he has like that hilarious line no where he's like, way. "No way, no way, bro!" He could be just like he some billionaire shithead. Dude, do you understand who these billionaires are? Like, they don't fucking, you know, they're like they're so pampered by everything that, like, if they're out on their own, like they're not like outdoorsmen. You know, like right. it could be like you know, he has that like hilarious line where he's like. This is a shortcut, but sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes it takes longer. <laughs> Which is yeah. just absolute horseshit. Like, of yeah. course, but like, uh, it could be. It could be that he was just genuinely lost. Like, that's possible. Uh, he also said I, he I was going to call the carts like seventy-five times. It's, yeah, yeah. Was, I don't, I don't he believe knew exactly it. what he was doing, and you know why he knew what he was doing? Because he was talking to Stewie. Stewie's like, <laughs> make the old man walk five miles, and then you'll get yeah. your answer. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think he was more uh, in line with like Lawrence from Walter who's like playing them, you know, like yeah. at every turn, like, like the way, even the way that he told Logan, like, you think I'm some guy who got lucky at the casino one night, you know? And he kind of wants to show his intellectual dominance and gamesmanship over Logan, who feels like, yeah, I came from the old school motherfucker. Like I, the way I talk and the way I do shit, run shit. And yeah. he's trying to show Logan a thing or two. Like, no, you think I'm just some, you know, dumb motherfucker like your son or, what, you know what I'm saying, one of his friends, you think I'm one of your son's friends, like a black mama would say, like, you think I'm one of your little friends. And it's like, no, I have my own island, my own intellect. I built this whole thing. You here on my time. And that's the game that he, it seemed like he was playing to me. Yeah. And Mace. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about this episode is that it, it, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it doesn't really matter. It was pumped up to create more drama the whole right. walk thing the health scare yeah. but they're not treating it like a real health scare because they don't want to play that card yet because that was season one right it's like right. oh he's actually he might just drop dead at any moment and then we pretty much backburnered that the rest of the time this was the closest we've gotten anything like that yeah but what you were saying about logan kind of keeping it real and just getting to the point the only other character that we've had that really does that is Stewie. He doesn't get a lot of time, but right. Stewie is direct as fuck and he doesn't yeah. cut any shit with Kendall. And that's why I'm really excited for next week when yeah. we get the shareholder meeting, oh, we get everybody yeah. in the same room. Yeah, no, that's going to yeah. be exciting. I saw, um, I don't know if you guys saw the preview for the next episode. I did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the most alarming thing has to be like Sandy in this chair situation right. yeah did you guys see that i'm yeah. wondering like, what's going on i've been wondering yeah. since we didn't see him in episode two when he they just say that he's there on the screen we don't even get a, like any acknowledgement from yeah. him like something's going on with that guy yeah and that's yeah. why they brought in hope davis as his daughter with the exact same name right right yeah so it just 
it strikes me as like a invalid type of situation and yeah. that's going to play a part in in yeah. all of this um did you guys notice the throwaway line that Greg uh, said that it has? It, I've been thinking about it like nonstop, like what what he was talking about. But that when when they when Logan offers Greg the deal and he makes him and he puts the paper in front of him, and Greg says like I need to check with my lawyer first. His name's Pew. Yeah, I can never get him. I can never get in touch with him during the day. During the day, yeah. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Does that mean that he's like up all night and like drinking or something, and that he just like sleeps all day or something? Like, what? I don't know. I couldn't understand. It was funny, but he I might couldn't not understand. Have a phone, right? Right, right. right. Might take mail like, only. Like, what? What does that mean? Yeah, that Jake, was crazy. Uh, Jake had a good point to me that he made, which is that that's probably just Greg bullshitting because he doesn't like to commit to things in the moment. Oh yeah, right. yeah, for sure. Except yeah. also, I would believe that Pew only responds to telegrams forty-eight hours <laughs> right. late. Like I would believe anything right. for that guy. Yeah. yeah. But I wonder how this is going to come back on Greg. Like, I don't, I'm with Nando. I don't believe that he signed that paper either. I mean, he went through all the trouble of going to his grandfather, having him, you know, vouch for him and get a lawyer for him. I don't think he would just automatically bow down to Logan and sign a piece of paper and basically close the book on this whole situation. Like Logan said, he has leverage in this situation. So, um, yeah, it, it would seem like he went through a lot of trouble for just another okay. job at Waystar without, you know, talking to his grandfather. I don't I don't think he signed it. I think he probably told Shiv that he, you know, intends to drop it off somewhere or something. And I think that's going to continue to be a, a storyline through the season. Yeah. I mean, I think that he probably signed it and I think he probably took the job, but I don't think he's going to end up doing that because then he wouldn't be in the show. So he's, there's right. got to be another shoe to drop with that. And I think just the thing with him and Tom is that they, they both have other lawyers that they've been talking to. Tom makes that phone call that we still haven't picked up on. We don't know what he's doing there. Greg has this guy Pew that apparently lives in an ivory castle that you can't reach during the daytime. They both have moves to make. I'm still waiting for people to, jump sides more often because right yeah. now you know it's like like logan says kendall's all alone you're all alone yeah. right now that's not going to stay yeah. the same that's going to change no. yeah uh, uh, when greg ordered the rum and coke i could not stop laughing Can i was like yeah. Can we yeah. greg a a funny, Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola? yeah i was like that's such a funny you know like because like again it is old school to offer someone a drink in like a business meeting like you just don't do that anymore you know what i mean yeah and so like greg would just have no idea like usually you'd be like yeah just give me like a give me a whiskey neat you know like i'll fucking clock it back in one in one sip uh yeah. but he's like yeah i rub it <laughs> And he's holding the glass with two hands. It's like a little tumbler. Yeah. He's holding it with two hands. Yeah. No, he. I mean, his physical comedy is great. I mean, shout out to Nicholas Braun because he, the way, everything that he does with the character, even the wiping of the book, the top of the book. Yeah, yeah, because he put the, the coast because he never coast there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so everything yeah. that he he does with with Greg is is just amazing i love it and then the the chug at the end and then yeah. that led to a great line where uh, yeah that was my favorite line of the episode <laughs> okay yeah 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 he was like the better uh, times not for not all, for all. <laughs> not for all <laughs> yeah like, yeah i don't know how you guys did it in the 60s man you know like uh, it's just a different time different time yeah. better time times not for all <laughs> yeah no um that was that was a great scene um rope 
Roman had not a lot going on. You know, he had the B plot of the episode. Tattoo with, man. With the yeah. tattoo man. Um, I mean, I think Jerry pointed out uh, a good point to him, which is something that would be common sense to most people. But, you know, for her, she's just like, it is like babysitting. And she's like telling this grown man, like, so you don't realize how this could come back on you. You were there. I'm sure yeah. you were directly involved in this situation. Yeah. And he's just like, huh? No, we want to we want to bring down Wokahannas. And it's like, bro, this is just as much as your bullshit as it is his. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, mean, that, I, I like that's another relationship that is like kind of veering onto a collision course in that, you know, Roman Roman thinks they have an understanding that Jerry's clearly like not understood like not not abiding by you know like he right. thinks they have this like a relationship you know like right. it's weird but like it works for him and you know it just does not work for her and now that she's ceo she constantly is is sticking her hand out and keeping him at arm's length and he thinks it's all part of like their weird little game you know mm-hmm. and he's not realizing like no she's making she's she's looking out for herself and she wants to be ceo if if it's with him that's fine you know but like if it's not that's also fine you know like that line that she says which again if to get to the top levels of uh of corporate america you have to be like an absolute psychopath but you know it's like you have to constantly be asking yourself how does this benefit me right now <laughs> you know yep. and you should get that exa- tattooed on your head yeah that Seriously. was my line of the episode because that's yeah. kind of just the name of the game man like yeah, that, that is, is the name of the, game. the whole thing it's almost like chaos is a ladder little finger type ethos it's like that is succession look out for number one and just try not to get burned too bad on the way yeah 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 um so yeah uh i don't know who do we think won the week? We got two answers for you, Jason. Yeah. Number one, continually winning despite barely being on the show. Stewie. Yeah. Does that okay. come to an end next week? We'll see. What's gonna happen there? I'm I'm excited. Number two, tattoo man. That's a tattoo win, man. you guys. <laughs> he got, he got a, a million dollar. Humiliated fifteen years ago. Now he's got a million dollars. Yeah, you know? I was gonna say it. I was gonna say a million dollars. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> that that <laughs> yeah. scene was great. You know, like uh, just the again, like the psychopathy uh, of these people. He does not give a fuck. Uh, you know, and this guy's like trying to preserve his dignity. Um, and again, like under capitalism, there is no dignity to pres- preserve. Um, yeah. we we would do us three we would do almost anything for a million dollars you know what i mean um especially if it was just like it was just personal humiliation it wasn't like you know uh have to kill someone or anything like that like it's just like we would do almost anything we we would humiliate ourselves to almost any degree for a million dollars because that's just the kind of system that we live in yeah and it's a million dollars for a photograph that they're not even going to use right yeah and you already got it erased from your head so you know and you can get a better tattoo removal now because it's still a little bit there now you can yeah, get it completely there. gone or you can get like a killer hairstyle because he's always playing with his bangs you know right yeah um who won jason wh- who you got i mean i had to give it up to greg it seemed like he was the obvious winner of the week you know like he's got logan eating out of the palm of his hand telling him he's got leverage um he's effectively shitting on tom you know uh embar- like having tom embarrass himself 
you know, at the beginning, Kendall kind of gives him his blessing, which, you know, that's a great situation. So he's not really creating funk with anybody, but he's moving up the ladder pretty peacefully. You know, so the experience economy is maybe where it's at. Right. (laughs) Buffalo (laughs) tier two park. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, and and then and he dropped one of the greatest lines of the show. I mean, of the of the week when he said, "That's not an IP that I'm <laughs> familiar with." Yeah. in response to uh, Greg's Nero and Sporus um, comment, and also if I had to give a secondary winner, it's uh, Lori, the gentleman who's XDOJ, who's dating Jerry. Congrats to him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Montgomery you back Clift. channel him in the parking lot, <laughs> yeah. or what happened? Yeah, who's back, to, back channeling Jerry in the parking lot this week? Good, yeah. good on Lori. Yeah, I'll keep my footwear on, <laughs> dude. Just put like I don't care if you're dating Jerry for real or not. Wear shoes and socks yeah. at work. Yeah. Come on, yeah. yeah. Nando, who's no. your winner? Um, probably Adrian Brody character mm. you know yeah. um he you got king kong to come out and dance with them yeah so, yes got he did king kong, see the thing is like and they dropped like little hints um that this that they're that adrian brody not just you know he also had like a personal kind of desire to show that he to make them grovel to him because they probably made him grovel at some point or they probably made him feel small you know he's like, you know, you, you probably think I'm some dipshit who got lucky in a casino one night. Um, and now look at you, you know, you're fucking out here in my thing. I'm making you walk and you're making me, gro- and I'm making you grovel. Um, and, um, you know, that's got to, that must've felt pretty good to him. I mean, again, it's all, a lot of these things are about like power plays, you know? And yeah, he lied to them about his daughter being sick, but he got him to come to him. You know, which is like a this like a thing. You know, because it's like, am I coming desperate. to you? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, am I coming to you or are you coming to me? You know, like how many shows have you seen? Like, oh no, he's coming up to my office. Like, no, no, no he's coming down to my office. And it's like yeah. we'll meet halfway. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, yeah. That's, I think uh, that was on uh, Entourage, yeah, specifically with uh, yeah. Terrence and Ari. They had yep. that back and forth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I feel you though. He definitely punked the fuck out of Logan and Kendall, like both of them yeah. together. <laughs> so and the, the, and the other great moment, I mean, it's again, I've mentioned it before, but like, I, I just love like how well these, these writers understand the Uber rich in that they did not touch the clams. Like, I yeah. think, I think they never Adrian Brody eat had like anything. Yeah. They never eat anything. They have the best food in the world in this like ridiculous setting, right? Like in the middle of nowhere, they somehow have people set up there um, to, to, to serve them food at a, at a table on this cliff and none of them touch it, you know? Yep. Yeah. The but, best example of that was the summer house when they go out there and there's the raccoon in the <coughs> chimney and you right. see, you actually see them preparing all these lobsters and steaks and all this yeah. expensive ass shit. And Logan's like, nah, the stink is on it. Chuck it all. We'll order pizza. Yeah. It just doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I, I love how like they get the minutia and the intricacies of the types of phone calls that Frank and Carl have with people, you know, like that conference call and they're breaking everything down to um to Kendall and Carl saying that they're on the razor's edge with Josh and, you know, all of the phrases that they're using to 
get Kendall, who initially, you know, was balking at the idea, you guys aren't going to railroad me and all that soft corporate language that they use to, you know, just needle at him. And then the secondary call when, you know, Frank calls him and he tries to kind of appeal to his ego. Like, I love how they get all of that stuff that moves the big power players, you know, like these little. Or fuck Leroy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lord um, fuck Leroy. So shit. yes. So what what are our best lines from this week? Um, I mean, I really liked the um, uh, like I said, the Greg uh, better time not for all, but um, <laughs> I there was this weird. Uh, I think it was in the first conference call. There was this weird like bird metaphor that they were all playing up against each other, um, and it wasn't making. A lot of sense like they were like just saying anything that came up like ooh cock-a-doodle-doo man and he's like well I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah you're like i don't remember exactly what it was but that exchange oh, i thought was great yeah. sturdy he's a sturdy birdie Say it birdie. three times before the cock crows, brother. Cock a doodle doo. Okay, knuckle up, big bird. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's like cock a doodle doo is a rooster, not a crow. See, you know, Greg like, is good at riffing. What do you mean? Right. He's great exactly. with Kendall. <laughs> exactly. But like, I, I love like. I mean, I'm sure the writers know that, but they're like being. They're like making a mistake, quote unquote, on purpose. Where he's like, yeah, <laughs> cock a doodle doo. It's like that's an onomatopoeia for a rooster, not a fucking crow. Um, you know. Uh, it's great. I mean, nice. I, I, I mentioned Jerry's key to succession ethos. I also like kind of the other one, which was Logan talking about how the line's always moving. There is no fucking straight yeah. line. There are no rules. Yeah, yeah, you just got to play great. the game. Yeah. But Shiv doesn't understand that. Definitely not. She needs a lot of seasoning. She needs a lot of experience. She also needs to learn to not interrupt Carl and Frank on their fucking lunch break. Okay. Yeah. They only get Carl. an hour a day to eat food. Carl loves food. He loves Don't food fuck this with season. Yeah. yeah. He loves nipple clamps and food. <laughs> like when they find your nipple clamps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. And just because yeah. we haven't mentioned it yet, I'm going to say this one. When Ken is talking about his son, Iverson, I just bought oh, a God, giant fucking so rabbit. So now he's yeah. like Googling where he can buy the world's biggest carrot. Yeah. yeah. That scene, and I love just the little camera moment um, because like, I didn't quite catch when I first saw it that he like told his woman like you know bu- uh, bunny cam or something and I was like what yeah and rabbit then, like, cam Jess rabbit yeah. cam <laughs> and then you see like just like his assistant just like on her knees holding up a fucking iPad to a bunny rabbit she's like probably thinking in that moment like I went to fucking Harvard <clears throat> you know like because like of course yeah. the Kendall's assistant he would only hire from like the tippity top right like mm-hmm. I went to fucking Harvard and now um on my knees in some fucking rich asshole's insane apartment, holding up an iPad in front of a rabbit so that his shithead kid named fucking Iverson, Iverson. you know, like, (laughs) which is just like a perfect cultural touch point for Kendall's age. You know, like when he was 16 and Iverson was fucking, you know, practice. We talk about practice, man. Like he's like, this fucking guy is awesome. You know, (laughs) like, um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Huge shout out to Juliana Canfield who plays Jess. She's doing so much with so little in this show. It's fantastic. I love yeah. how she plays that character. Um, the same way we we shouted out Fisher Stevens, who I just saw in the the French Dispatch um, yeah. last week, and Adrian Brody yeah. as well. Yeah, Adrian mm. Brody was was great. They were both great. Fisher Stevens only had a small role, but they were both great in that. Um, yeah, I think she she does a great uh, role with Jess. I mean, all of the little idiosyncrasies of her being an assistant, her hand movements, her diction when talking to Kendall, all the stuff that she she does is is really great. Um my favorite line 
came from a scene that we did not mention, which it I laughed out loud when this scene happened, which was between Connor and Shiv. And he says, I recall my father was a nasty, racist, neglectful individual. What was it they used to say? No blacks, no Jews, no women above the fourth floor. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like that was just perfect because yeah you always Uh, knew that connor do you think me spitting out rioja is going to help me win the rust belt (laughs) Belt? yeah (laughs) it was was nice of him to concede this election you know but then to pivot to the next the next one he's got to season up a little bit before then yeah yeah so no that was uh that was definitely my my first favorite line of the episode and then um tom saying what if i forget to burp the toilet wine (laughs) like that was that was really good too yeah tom Um, talking about that that first very cold glass of white wine i love on an empty stomach i love it so much yeah Yeah. uh that was great so you know no we had some good good scenes i'm uh anytime connor shows up it's it's a ball for me like they always give him something funny to play with alan ruck is good as that character so um yeah. Well, so, what do we what do we see happening in the shareholder meeting, guys? Somehow, some way, they're gonna they keep close the deal. Them. Yeah. 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 Because this is be like dramatic, this, though. This is like a MacGuffin, you know. And we're like, we don't really understand what the proxy fight is about at this point, or like what it even involves, or like they're negotiating with them of what, you know. Like it's just it's not very clear what the fuck's going on, um, but we just know it's like a threat and they're probably gonna have to resolve it um to face the bigger threat of the of the federal government yeah yeah this is uh, the mid-season climax right like yeah, right, we exactly. still have the end of season climax whatever that's gonna be yeah whether but i i'm just excited i love i love stewie so if we get a whole episode <laughs> of stewie talking shit it's gonna be exactly what the doctor ordered and yeah, I'm curious what's up with Sandy. Like, that's really a big yeah. cliffhanger on what's going on there. Yeah, you know. I think that's my biggest question is what the hell is going on with Sandy? Why haven't they mentioned it? You know, how is that going to play into the, the battle? And um, also, like, we haven't heard from Marsha in a couple episodes. So I have a sneaking suspicion, like, she's going to poke her head back up, you know. And you know the first <laughs> the first couple of seasons, I kept waiting for the Marsha hammer to drop because yeah. it seemed like she was. But I, I'm I'm kind of off that now. I kind of think mm. she's just there, you know. Yeah, right, right, right. And I did, but I right. did love Logan being like, "Well, I, I have a wife to get back to, so if we right. could wrap this <laughs> yeah. shit up, that'd be great." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you heard, Josh, but uh, we reconciled. Uh, <laughs> We're back together now. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I hope we get some more Josh, though. Adrian Brody was good as his character. He was a perfect asshole. And that's what this show is made of, perfect assholes. So another one added to the bunch. I love it. Yeah, it's so beautiful here. It's fucking disgusting. Exactly. All right, guys. That's your latest episode of Machiavellian Fuck, season three, episode four of Succession. Fernando Vila, Jason Madison, Anthony Mays. We are out.